This is Braun Strowman, the monster among men. And you're listening to the Bob Culture Podcast with your host, Rob! Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a very special edition of the BCP. This is a big one, guys. Um, please welcome to the show ahead of his September 12th appearance in Ocean Gate, New Jersey at TCW's Broken by Design event. Yes, tickets are still available. Please welcome to the show the man behind the division... Mr. Benjamin King. Mr. King, how are you? Thanks for a few minutes. Hey, thank you for having me on the show, guys. Uh, I'm doing well uh, with, you know, the pandemic and uh, the shutdown, the quarantine, the craziness the world is falling through. I'm doing great. Yeah. <laughs> you are doing great, man. Yeah, you're, we see you, you know, over in Ocean Gate. We see you at TCW. You're doing a great job. Like, you're surrounded by some really great people, some of the best in the business right now. Um, so real quick, you know, we want to take it back a little bit. How did you get your start in this crazy world that is uh, wrestling? Uh, it's a story I've been told, been telling for a little while now, but it's always fun to say it. Uh, so about five, six years ago, I actually fell out of wrestling. Uh, oh. In the business, they say, lost your smile. I lost a yeah. smile as a fan. I didn't, I didn't care for the business. I didn't care for the direction of storylines. Uh, I would dabble watching the product of WWE or watching uh, Ring of Honor or even looking back at Nitro, but I myself wasn't a dedicated uh, viewer. But my son was. He was very involved. He was very interested. And I remember it was a night of Monday Night Raw, and we're lying back and we're watching it. And it was the debut back for the returning Bobby Lashley. Okay. Oh, wow. My son looks at me and he goes, Dad, is that you? No. I love that. And it was just like, no, <laughs> he's in shape. <laughs> and, uh, I saw yourself show yeah, man. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I was like, no, that's, that's Bobby Lashley. Uh, he's been in the business for quite a while. And he goes, are you a wrestler? Wow. And it didn't even, didn't even like a skip a beat. I turned to him and I go, do you want do you want me to be one? Do you want me to do this? And he goes, yeah. Literally, uh, the next morning, I go to work, completely ignore my responsibilities for the first hour because I'm on Google looking up the best wrestling schools in New Jersey. Wow. And the first one that pops up is the Monster Factory. Okay, Monster Factory. I text Danny Cage. I was like, hey, what do I, what do I got to do to get into the business? And he goes, $500? Show up to, show up to class. Uh Saved two months of t- saved two months of uh, paychecks. Hopped in there, and the story began. Wow. Took a different path. Yeah. But as I stated, going into be a wrestler. Uh, for all those who are listening, this is very important. If you have past injuries that you never properly allowed yourself to heal, oh. take the time to do that before investing your body into something such as professional wrestling where you're physically abusing your body for other people's entertainment. That was my issue. Yeah. I had a rotator cuff injury back in 2012. In 2016, oh. I ended up tearing my Achilles. Oh, and wow. it caused a lot of issues, went through physical therapy, but as the old saying goes, money runs the world and my world is run by money. <laughs> and as soon as my job was like, hey, can you work? And my physical therapist is like, yeah, he can, but he should probably continue physical therapy. I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go back to work. Right. 
Understand. Well, let's just say that now joining into the professional wrestling world and taking some bumps and running the ropes, my body was like, hey, remember those two injuries you had all the back in the We're back. Yeah, you forgot. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, injuries kind of held me up. I was sidelined. And Danny Cage came with this idea to create me into a manager. He enjoyed how I talked. And he felt that if I'm going to be there, use the talent that I have and use it for my, my career. And I, I just kind of went with it. I followed his advice and I kept cutting promos and man, I have never looked crazier inside of a Wawa ordering an Italian hoagie, cutting a promo on a guy that doesn't exist in front of anybody around them. So I continued down that path and I just, I worked with a group known as the prowl and I worked with a guy named Jafar. I worked with, uh, Hyena Hex and Tiger Watson, all members of the all members of the Monster Factory. Yeah, we had a good run for about five to six months, and then directions changed. As they do, yeah, especially in wrestling. Hundred percent. And, 100%. Yeah. and uh, the journey of the Prowl ended for me, and that's where the division started becoming something. Hmm. It was a low low funded project, low ideas, just pitching ideas out to the world and then COVID occurred and we're all placed on quarantine. And while I was on quarantine, I thought to myself, everybody else is seeing that wrestling has taken a pause or wrestling is dying because we can't do the business that we love. And my son was actually the one who was most upset because he felt that wrestling was going to stop. He wasn't going to be able to go to local shows anymore. So, I talked to the members of the division and I reached out to some new members and we all collectively chose to continue cutting promos, continue making a message that we need to make a change. We can't allow professional wrestling to die. And the only way to change that direction is by acting like it never did. We all have a voice. We all have the ability to talk. So let's talk. And when we, when we build up some rivalries over five, six months, I'm sure there's some fans going, oh, I really want to see that motherfucker kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the story that I really wanted to tell is that the division was becoming something more. And again, it was my son who basically influenced me to, don't stop. You started. I'm an eight-year-old with a dream. You're living the dream I want to see. You can't give up on my dream, Dad. <laughs> that's awesome that's man. amazing that's really cool because like you know he you can tell he looks at you as a superhero you know are you bobby last i mean come on that's so yeah. cool um so you it's know fun. it's all about family man that's how it started for you huh 100 percent started as family now i love my family i love my mother i love my brothers most of my family didn't didn't really not believe but more so didn't really encourage it because yeah, yeah. you got to make a, a lot of sacrifices. Yes. A lot. Mm-hmm. And the sacrifices I was making weren't ones that they were comfortable with. And it's taken them almost the two years that I've been doing this for to basically go, you didn't quit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Keep going then. 
Good for you, man. That's that's really that's really awesome to hear. And you kill it on the mic, man. Uh, you know, I, I saw you a couple times at TCW. I'm like, oh, okay, this guy's a real deal. Uh, you're doing a fantastic job. Tell us a little bit about your philosophy, uh, especially. You know, we'll get talk about the division a little bit. But what's your philosophy when you get on the microphone? Make everybody that I am talking to, from the opponents in the ring to the announcer, to the commentary, to the fans, make everyone feel like they are in the main event. It doesn't matter if you are watching from a seat or a car. It doesn't matter if you are a commentator watching the show. It doesn't matter if you're a guy in the back who is literally just there to break down and build up the ring. I want you to feel like you are a part of this business beyond what your expectations are. So when I go on that mic, I want to build up that opponent to main main event level status. My guys, the guys I work with, they are already main event. Yeah. They've never had the, the lack of confidence thinking that they weren't. But I want everybody to have that mentality. So when I go on that mic, I put not only myself out there, I put the reputation of the company. I put my opponent. I put my son. I put the monster factor. I put everybody they're all their responsibility are in my hands as I hold that mic. Because if I mess up, if I screw up, if I say the wrong thing, if I let a curse word out accidentally, that falls on every other name that's ever backed me, supported me. So I put a lot of pressure on myself, but it's something I'm comfortable in because the more pressure, the better the material. It's like uh, you could turn coal, you could turn diamonds out of coal. Yeah, love it. Very well said. This guy's the real deal. What do you got, Nunes? Uh, so uh, when Rob told me that we were interviewing you, um, I got excited only because we don't really speak to a lot of wrestling managers. Yeah. And growing up, uh, I grew up. I was born in uh, in the eighties. Grew up in the nineties. So you had Bobby the Brain Heenan. You had Paul Bear. You had nice. Sensational Sherry. You had Slick. Um, and nowadays you have Paul Heyman. You have Zelina Vega. Um, what, uh, like, do you take any influences from, um, those past managers? I know you kind of put your own spin on things, but, uh, talk about, like, being a manager now in 2020, uh, in in this modern day wrestling. Great question. Still difficult. It's very difficult to be a manager because the athletes, the stars, they are seen to have to be able to not only wrestle, but also be able to talk. Yeah, the managers are meant to be the talker for those who can't talk. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> we, we struggle. But we are also utilized in a way to help the story become even more important than it already is. Exactly. You, have, you have, we'll say a few weeks ago at least, you have Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. They were going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Both guys could talk. Both guys can wrestle. But you add Ric Flair in there. You add just a little bit more, oh, this is unique. Because when Randy Orton inevitably turned mm-hmm. on Flair, it created a whole new dynamic to the story. Exactly. Because he was a mouthpiece, but he was well-respected. He got his character over long ago, obviously, but he still was able to manage that name to be something important of today. Because we're in 2020. Like... Ric Flair's name is legendary to even those who don't watch professional wrestling. But for those who are watching professional wrestling, no, Ric Flair is 
wrestlers. I look at them to learn, such as Bobby Heenan was definitely one influence. J.J. Uh, Dillon was actually recommended oh, to me oh, early on to look into uh, by 20-year-plus vet Ricky Reyes. Uh, and I started studying him, but then one of my old favorites back from the 80s, early 90s, Jake the Snake Roberts was always somebody that I was really dedicated to learn from because he was able to talk. Yeah. But he was able to talk in a very monotone voice. You need to yell. Where yeah. he didn't have to yell, but the message was more dangerous than someone yeah. pounding their chest. Exactly. So when I saw him come back working with Lance Archer, I was like, he hasn't even lost a step. Yeah, even during his struggles, he just got better. Yeah. Wow. So I just take that advice and I think to myself okay I gotta be at that level by the time I hit that age I have to be above that level wow so I just push myself to that wow man very well said man I, I like your philosophy that's great um, and not to do the name drop thing but you know former guests of the show we, we have talked to Jake the Snake that that calm intensity you know that he had uh, very recently we had Tommy Dreamer on the show and I believe you said you had a good conversation uh, with Dreamer anything you want to share about that sure uh, I've encountered Tommy Dreamer three times out of not just my career like my two year career but throughout time itself and the last time I saw him which which pay-per-view was it where Zack Ryder won the Intercontinental title at Wrestlemania uh, it was Russell. It was thirty six. This guy, he knows. No, not thirty six. I'm no. sorry. It was in two thousand six. No. no, it was uh, WrestleMania thirty two in Dallas. Dang, you're good. Okay, so I remember us sitting at Nick's. Uh, it was a place called Nick's out in Philly. They do uh, she. They do um, hot roast beef. Nick's ro- Nick's roast beef. Sorry, my mind's running now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we're sitting there, we're, we're all hanging out. It was a collective of uh, fans, and he was doing a signing. And I remember going there, and I'm sitting down, I'm drinking a beer, and I had something for him to sign. But the line was ridiculous, just massive. Like, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to stand that line. Like, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to drink a beer and watch the event now. Hopefully in the future I can get a sign from him. So I remember drinking the beer, and he finishes up, and he starts wandering around. He goes to the bar, and I end up ordering him a beer just because, I mean, how often can you, you know, order a, order an a, a ECW legend, WWE legend. Like, you got all these guys, and Tommy Dreamer gets the beer, and he comes over, and we start talking. And we didn't talk one bit about wrestling. Really? Wow. We, we talked about the food. We talked about the – well, we talked about – the pay-per-view, but we talked for like a good, like 45 minutes until he had to go back and start signing stuff again. But it was just a nice casual conversation. And I think it was that moment where I realized that pro wrestlers are like, like I went from a fan of professional wrestling to someone who just saw them as they're just another guy at work and they're, they're just cool people. Yeah, and awesome. just being able to talk to him was just a really nice experience. Yeah, that's re- really cool. And yeah, um, we recently got to do like a, a watch along thing with him for All Out that was just on, and 
Um, you know, he he admits he's a fan too, so it was very cool. He just sat down with everybody, watched the show. Yeah, had a it, it, it was just crazy. We're watching yeah. the pay per view, and Tommy Dreamer's just sitting a couple chairs over, just watching it with us. We're just like, well, yeah. what is this world right now? <laughs> yeah, I, I love this this crazy circus that yeah. is the world of wrestling. Yeah, uh, it's very very cool. But um, Mr. King, let's talk a little bit about this faction. Uh, that I am very intrigued by. Uh, you guys show up. You know, you guys are, are no strangers to gold around the waist with some of uh, your talent. Uh, no strangers to having muscle in the group. We're talking the likes of, of an O'Shea Edwards. Uh, I believe Travis Jacobs in the group as well. I believe Mimi is associated as well. No stranger having, what, three belts right now? Yeah, Mimi, she's fantastic, friend of the show. Tell us a little bit about who else is involved in the division and how this all got started. Well, as I stated earlier, it came off an idea that professional wrestling needed to survive, but the way to survive was to change. So when we started talking, we, we were going in a whole different direction. And then everything that occurred with the Black Lives Matter movement and the speaking out movement, the direction stopped. And I remember just taking a complete break from posting anything, doing anything, because I wanted to see what the real issues were. Like, I didn't want to take anything away from the other kind of movements that were happening that were far more important than professional wrestling. And the more I studied it, I realized that professional wrestling didn't just, just didn't need to change their storylines or their habits. They needed to change in general. We had a lot of people that did some dirty things in this business that set examples that were not okay to be set. And when I started talking to the group again, we made a pact. We were going to walk into any promotion, did not matter the name, and we were going to set the example of how things were supposed to be. Because all of us agree, if you have a problem with being a professional in professional wrestling, we will show you personally what door you can walk out on because we ain't going to share the locker room with you. And we're not going to let the young stars who aren't, who haven't understood how the business work be bullied around into becoming a carbon copy of you. So we made a pact to do so. And then it became a pact that not only are we going to try to change professional wrestling, we're going to challenge professional wrestling. Everybody's out there saying, they're the best. They're saying they're the top guy. They're the top star. They're they're better than everyone else. Yeah. Cool. That's a great thing to say about yourself. I'm the best cook. I could take on Bobby Flay. That's something I could say. Now, now I got to challenge Bobby Flay. Now I got to beat Bobby Flay. Because I can talk the words all night long. But until I'm in the kitchen and I make myself a lot of royal with roasted garlic mash and nice. some crazy vegetable I've never heard of <laughs> and serve it to a judge who says, wow, this beat an iron chef. I'm just a cook that's almost the best. So we're going to choose the same path to professional wrestlers. So any wrestler out there that thinks they're the best, cool. You are the best. Until we show up and challenge you for that mentality. Because we know we're the best. Because we've beaten people who've called themselves the best. So we're entitled to that until someone else proves us wrong. Wow. And we're going to keep doing that. And it doesn't matter if it's TCW, the Monster Factory, Synergy, 
AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, we're going to challenge anyone because the most respectable way to handle somebody is in the ring that we love so much, having two, three, four, or six of the best in the ring at the same time and see which one walks away because that's the only way, that's the only title that really matters in this business. We can hold gold on our shoulders all day long, but the title being known as the best, I feel like that carries a little bit more weight. Wow, and you touched on it. Very well said. You touched on this a little bit already, but you know, you guys talk about being professionals behind the scenes, uh, being professional, you know, in the ring. Uh, you guys are forced to be reckoned with right now. Um, you mentioned, you know, having gold around the waist. You guys are no strangers to that. Is that kind of the goal for the group? Is is to get the gold? Is it to maybe take on other factions, uh, like the likes of the trust fund, who we, we've been seeing a lot of? Um, what what are the goals right now in terms of the division? Our goals in TCW at this current time is primal fear. Soriano, Omen, and Gabriel. Yeah. Three gentlemen that may not remember me, but I remember flawlessly who they are. Gold, that's going to be an inevitable end for our group. We're going to collect it. It doesn't matter what anybody says. We will collect it. As for primal fear, I have told everybody prior that they are one of the best tag and trios that any wrestling industry could have on their roster. So we wanted to challenge them to that. And on September 12th, they have the opportunity to prove to themselves that they are better. They're the best in Titan Championship Wrestling if they can beat the division. Hmm. Will I say they can? Not really my place. Wow. Yeah, your, your guys definitely do the talking in the ring. We've seen that much. And as far as the division, you know, every time I, I see, you know, I look at the page, I'm, I'm seeing who the members are and all that. Um, are you guys looking to build the division? Is this an open door thing? Uh, is this very exclusive? What's kind of the philosophy here as far as the, the growth of the faction? Honestly, they just got to pay attention. If they see value, in the division, they're more than welcome to give me a phone call. They're more than welcome to send an email, send a text, message me on Facebook, hit me up on Instagram, tweet me. They can do whatever they like. But the group, we unanimously have to be the ones that decide whether or not you're, well, the quality that we're looking for. And to return back to a previous question as to other members in our group, because I know I overshadowed that with a lot more words, a lot more, uh, yeah. The other members of our group is Rico De La Vega. Are you aware of who that is? I know, I'm aware of the name. Okay. Rico De La Vega has worked for Ring of Honor as a commentator. He okay. has worked as a manager. He's worked for the Monster Factory and several promotions out in Wisconsin. And he will be there September 12th mm. to participate in Titan Championship Wrestling's Rumble. Oh, okay. That's right. Okay. He, is, he is a man that I highly respect. I respected him when I first met him. And he was able to go toe-to-toe, or in this case, word-for-word word against me. And it made me respect a man for having the capability to keep up 
if not at times, even overshadow me. And for that, I gained respect. So when I talked to him and brought him on, he has been nothing more than a true asset to the division. He is capable of doing stuff in the ring, out the ring, at commentary, in the back. He is truly a man that is capable of doing anything in this business, and I respect that about him. And the other member that was not mentioned is the Prince of Camden, Deshaun Pratt. Okay. He is a 13-year veteran in the business. He is a graduate of Shakara of old. And he is one of the all-around top strikers and mat wrestlers in this business. And I will guarantee that anybody cannot dispute that fact. It's one of the reasons why I talked to him, because he is a man of honor. And he is a man who respects this business to a whole new degree that most people don't have. And that's the reason why I have worked alongside the other five people within the division with myself we all have a huge respect for this business and we want to see it grow beyond expectation, beyond money and value. You want the business to be something to be proud to be a part of. And I couldn't think better than the people that I have now. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, dude. It's a hell of a faction. It's a hell of a group. Um, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with surely on September 12th. Uh, we also know Mimi has that big match against our friend Adina. Uh, Goddesses, um, so that's going to be another good one. Uh, I expect a lot of good things uh, from the division. That's fantastic. Um, and just kind of a fun hypothetical, if I could throw this one at you, Mr. King. Um, say there is someone, uh, you know, talking not about the division's goals, but your goals more personally. Say there is someone right now, maybe uh, on TV or in the indies, that could use the likes of a Benjamin King right now that you could attach yourself to or maybe help out. Is there anyone that you have an eye on, uh, whether on TV or in the indies? Yeah, who do you think is that you'd be the missing piece for? Yeah. person that could work with Benjamin King to become at the go to the next level you're saying yeah 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 if I really had to think hard on it uh, there was a few members I would have stated but they're all working for the Hurt Locker right the, well my bad the Hurt Business right now I, I so, yeah. okay yeah I see that okay can't, can't really pick any of those boys but if I really could think of one individual I would love to work with okay I honestly would love to work with Matt Cardona. Ooh, really? Okay. Matt Ryder. That's a pick, yeah. He is somebody I believe has far more talent than people yes. have ever given credit for. Superbly underrated. The only problem is, is that I feel that he is somebody who doesn't need somebody, but he needs somebody to help him with a voice until his voice becomes heard. Okay. I like that. Not That's that he really doesn't good. have a voice. More so, he needs somebody that can... It's like Lance Archer and Jake the Snake. Lance Archer can talk, but Jake the Snake has a voice that makes people pay attention to Lance Archer. Makes him stand out. And then once Lance Archer doesn't need Jake the Snake, Lance Archer can be able to break off. He will be settled. He has a foundation that has been built working with a manager. I feel like Matt Cardona can do the same thing. 
Wow, that's a great pick. Yeah, that's an excellent choice. I, I love that one. And Mr. King, I do want to be respectful of your time, man. I, I really do appreciate Yeah, we're not worthy over here. I really do appreciate it. Um, And just as before we get out of here, um, your goals personally, uh, is it to get to that next level? Is it to do as much as you can uh, in the indies? Is it to take it as it comes? Um, or, or is there a destination that you really want to go to? A lot of people will probably say that they want to go to the next level. They want to be in the next tier, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, WWE, AEW, all those places. But a lot of people will probably say that. A lot of people will say that they're, they're fine with whatever happens. My goal is honestly, and this is to be true, I want to take the five members that I have in the division and all those who have helped me get to where I am now, and I want to see them get to the next level. If I get there, if I get that phone call, cool. I'm not, I'm not going to dismiss it. I'm still going to be interested, but my goal is to get those five people and those who have worked with me to that level. Because once they get there, I can take the next batch of people, bring them in, and I can start again. And I can get them there. Because honestly, outside of professional wrestling, I have a good life. I enjoy my life. I have a healthy, healthy son. I have a great job. I have a loving family and several friends, so I'm comfortable where I'm at. If I get that phone call again, money talks, and I'd yeah, love to talk. Wrong. But what's even more rewarding is seeing people that I respect and love get even further in this business because there is talent on the indies, in the division, at Titan, at Monster Factory, at every location there is always a handful of guys who are literally going to be the next set of superstars in these industries all they need is a platform to basically jump towards and then hop to the next and i want to help them get there one way or another that's a true manager not about themselves it's all about the talent love it 100 very very well said and no doubt in my mind uh, the, the talent in the division are, are going to go very very far and that includes you sir uh, Mr. King uh, thank you so much for a few minutes of your time uh, please stay safe and continued success moving forward appreciate it brothers Thanks. and uh, I'll see you both on Saturday correct? we'll be there man alright be well yeah be well my man thank you so much and as we always say here on the BCP everyone stay safe stay positive take care of each other we're out peace